Hey there, Comply Podcast listeners, and welcome to 2023. We at Performline hope you all had a safe and healthy new year and are ready for a full year of killer marketing compliance content. We're starting this season of our Comply Podcast discussing one of our top annual content pieces, the CFPB Complaint Risk Signal Report. Every year, we analyze the consumer complaints submitted to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the compliance risk signals they present to financial institutions. The CFPB uses this consumer complaint data to guide its supervisory and enforcement activities, and today's discussion focuses on the big picture complaint trends over the past year, increased complaints submitted by special groups, continued regulatory scrutiny on fair lending, the latest happenings in the buy now, pay later industry and expectations for this year, and bank fintech partnerships and the increasing importance of compliance. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Gianna Barrera, Content Marketing Manager here at Performline, and I'm joined by my colleague, Rhonda McGill, Senior Director of Client Solutions. Rhonda, thanks so much for joining me today. I always love when we get to do these webinars together. Yes, I am so happy to be here with you again to discuss this most important annual report. Um, This information just seems to get better and better and more in-depth each year, so I always look forward to it. For sure. Um, So before we jump in, I do want to note that we will not have time for live Q&A today, but if you leave your question in the Q&A box, we will follow up with you after the event to get your questions answered. So today we're going to be taking a deep dive into the 2022 Complaint Risk Signal Report, which analyzes consumer complaints submitted to the CFPB to highlight key trends and compliance risks. Performline has published this report every year since 2015, and it's our longest running and I would say our most in-depth piece of content that we produce. Um, It's one of my favorite pieces to write each year, and it's always so interesting for me to see how the data ties back into what the CFPB has done over the past year. If you haven't seen the report yet, we've linked a copy in the resources tab on your screen, and we will share a copy in our follow-up email once uh, we finish today. So this year's report has almost 40 pages full of data, um, so there's a lot to dig into today. But before we jump into the data, I did just want to touch quickly on how the CFPB uses consumer complaint data um, and how organizations can use this data in their compliance programs. So the CFPB uses consumer complaint data to supervise companies and enforce regulatory compliance while identifying emerging issues. And according to the CFPB, there are a few different ways that organizations can use this complaint information. First, organizations can gain important knowledge about their business, competitors, and industry more broadly. Consumer complaints can be an indicator of potential risk management weaknesses or other deficiencies, such as violations of laws or regulations. Complaints can reveal a weakness in a particular product, service, function, department, or vendor. And lastly, consumer complaints can help companies identify opportunities to enhance consumers' experience and understanding of financial products and services. So with all that being said, 2021 was another record year of consumer complaints, uh, but 2022 has already blown 2021 complaint counts out of the water. As of the end of November, um, there are almost 700,000 complaints in the CFPB's database. Um, a 54% increase from the same time frame last year. And I also just want to call out that 
this year's complaint count is more than double the total um, number of complaints from 2019. So total complaint counts have been increasing almost exponentially year over year. Um, so let's talk about why there are so many complaints. Is this the aftermath of the pandemic? Is it the current state of the market and the economy? Are consumers just more aware of their ability to submit complaints to the CFPB? Um, my guess is that it's a combination of all of that, but Rhonda, I would love to hear your thoughts as well. I'm going to say that I agree 100% um, that this is a combination of multiple things. So as we continue the discussion, I'm sure that many of those contributing factors are going to start to become revealed. For sure. So one key trend that we saw this year is that complaints from what the CFPB defines as special groups are up significantly. So military service members and older Americans. For the first time since 2018, complaints submitted by service members drastically increased, up 64% in 2021 compared to 2020. Um, and again, we've already surpassed that number for this year, up 45%. Complaints by older consumers has increased 43% in 2021 um, compared to 2020. And same thing, this is you know kind of the trend for 2022. We've already surpassed that number again up about 10% from last year's total complaint counts. So not as much of a drastic increase as military service members, but still increasing nonetheless. Um, and these increases in complaints make sense given just mm -hmm. the total volume of complaints submitted in this year alone. Um, but Rhonda, what does this mean for you know companies who have customers who are service members or are considered older Americans? Yeah, I you know, as I was reading the your um analysis on this, the, the CFPB has released several notices in response to the complaints that were logged by the military specifically as it applies to credit reporting. So there's a lot of aggressiveness apparently that's going on with regards to unpaid medical bills that some of the military um you know folks in that category just thought were not right and so there's been some instances where there's been some inaccuracies in billing. Um, I, I, would, I believe it was like 44% of the concerns of military um, personnel was around credit reporting. Um, and then when you look at the older consumers, it seems that they have a bit of a wider range of concerns. Some of the things that were concerning to them were in not just in the credit reporting, but also in the mortgage space in the credit card space, bank accounts and debt collection. So again, incorrect information was something that they were also concerned about. So I think this is just saying that there is an opportunity for the financial services industry to really focus in on these two groups and to really listen to their complaints and their concerns and address how to best service their those concerns. Um, you know, I would say following up on those complaints before they make it outside of your four walls is going to be something that's important. This is something that we've been able to do um, and work with our clients to do here at Formline because we're able to monitor um, and, you know, certain key terms and phrases so that those are placed into an alert for our clients to really be able to, to address these things prior to them getting out of the four walls. So that makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. So our clients can put rules into place so that they're able to identify these issues 
issues and follow up in a timely fashion and just make sure that the complaints or the concerns are being addressed. And again, it's it's something that I think can be done um, just by taking that extra step of monitoring. Yeah, absolutely. It's really just about, you know, knowing what those issues are and knowing what to monitor for, because that alone can, you know, eliminate probably so many compliance issues absolutely. Um, you might run into. So let's jump into some fair lending. So fair lending has continued to be a focus for the CFPB over the last year. Um, and they've taken, you know, several enforcement actions against mortgage companies for discrimination updated the UDAP examination manual to include discrimination as unfair um, and has been pretty vocal about their continued commitment to enforcing, you know, fair lending laws. So safe to say, I think that, you know, fair lending will continue to be an important topic for 2023, but, you know, what's next and, and what should companies know? Fair lending doesn't go away. Um, <laughs> I don't think that, um, it, it's something we talk about every year. Um, and I really do believe that it's going to continue to be the focus. But we're, as we've been looking just in the last few years, um, the CFPB, there's been so many changes in that lending space. I mean, you think about the buy now, pay laters, the evolution of those, the fintechs and partnering with fintech, the fin, uh, with the partner banks the BAS, the banking as a service space. And now the mortgage space is even looking at creating more innovative ways to deliver mortgage products. Lending is always going to be front of mind from a regulator's um, standpoint. So all of this is great for the market. Um, it's great for the consumer, but it also means that you know, that that extra competition in the market also has a lot of creativity that is going to require a little bit more of a regulator eye. Um, so I don't think the, regula the regulatory um, the space is going to ease up. I think that they're just going to lean in and just really try to understand how all of these um, various you know, competitors are set up, how they're, you know, what are their risks? How are they impacting um, the co the consumers? And, um, you know, like here at PerformLine, as you know, we're always deploying folks to conferences, we're in trade groups, we're in, we're, we're on road shows, we're talking to folks always and just trying to listen so that we can stay a few steps ahead for our clients and just making sure that we are a part of the conversation as the world of consumer finance continues to change. Absolutely. Um, and Rhonda, I remember you um created kind of this content piece with your top 16 tips for fair lending compliance. Yeah. Um, I think that's a super awesome, you know, resource for our audience. So we will definitely share that with you all after this webinar. Um, check it out and it will definitely help you in 2023 uh, with your fair lending efforts. Absolutely. So the consumer's use of buy now, pay later products has boomed in recent years and the CFPB has definitely taken notice. While the CFPB's consumer complaint database um, does not yet have a designated category for these products, we did some digging and pulled out some insights using the consumer complaint narratives. So buy now, pay later related complaints have been steadily increasing since 2020 as the product's popularity continues to rise. And as I'm sure everybody remembers, right around this time last year, the CFPB opened a market monitoring inquiry into 
buy now, pay later credit, and issued a series of orders to five companies to gather information on the risks and benefits of the product for consumers. Then fast forward to this year, um, the Bureau issued their report in September, summarizing this data and outlining some key areas of consumer risks. Um, Rhonda, you did write a blog about this report when it first came out. Do you want to kind of just touch quickly on your key takeaways from the report and what it means for buy now, pay later lenders? Yeah, I think that report um, really kind of summed it up. And the report that the CFPB um when they submitted that report, they were very clear that they um, really focused on a few key, you know, key points, including loan volumes by merchant industry and and vertical. Um, They spoke about revenue um, and expenses and strategies and policies for underwriting. Um, There were some things that they did not take care of in that in that initial reporting, um, because it was a very, um, it was very, it had some limitations. And so I believe that there's always the possibility that they'll come back and want to go a little bit deeper. Um, The data that they provided, it was aggregated data. So it didn't provide the in-depth individual loan level details so that they couldn't, so they couldn't assess the credit performance from the data that they were collecting. So since they pretty much called out what they didn't, (laughs) <laughs> assess in the first go round. I think you could pretty much um, put read the writing on the wall that if they do go back in, they'll attempt to um, close the gaps on the things that they didn't do in that initial reporting. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, we actually just hosted a webinar a couple of weeks ago with some experts from Ballard Spar yeah. um, that goes more in depth on the CFPB's report and you know what it means for compliance on both a federal and a state level. So. Again, we will share the link to that recording once we wrap up here for anybody interested in hearing more. But again, safe to say, um, buy now, pay later will continue to be on the CFPB's radar in 2023. Um, and I'm really curious to see if they eventually add a you know buy now, pay later product type to the their consumer complaint database so that we can easily you know, look at those complaints and, and see what people it are would be, I Yeah, I think it would be interesting. I know that one of the things that was revealed, they were talking about potentially utilizing the, the same um, regulatory oversight that they do with credit cards. Yes. Um, but I wonder, you know, is that going to change? Is that going to be the case? And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they categorize and if they kind of parse out the buy now, pay later space. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, only time will tell. So for sure. We will see what happens. (laughs) For sure. So let's jump into the fintech and partner bank space briefly. So between January and October of this year, um, there are already over 11,000 complaints against fintechs and partner banks in the CFPB's database. Um, And one big update that the CFPB made this year is that they invoked a dormant authority to examine non-bank companies posing risks to consumers and has begun focusing on bank fintech partnerships um, and relationships from a consumer protection perspective. Um, And not only the CFPB has ramped up their supervision, but, you know, the OCC has as well. Um, So, you know, with all of this, what do you think we can expect in 2023 for fintechs and partner banks and even, you know, the banking as a service providers that they work with. You know, just like I was saying a few minutes ago when we were talking about fair lending and in in that space, you know, this is an area that's ever-changing. 
Um, Just before the holiday, the Treasury Department released a report in response to the July 2021 executive order by President Biden um, to assess the impact of new entrant non-bank firms on competition in consumer finance markets. So um, the report just took a deep dive into how non-banks and fintechs are affecting competition with the um, depository banks. Um, So I I would say just keeping in mind the treasury and what they are looking at is a little bit different from how the CFPB is going to look at the um the non you know the non-bank space so it'll be interesting to see how the CFPB approaches um based on what they've learned from the treasury report um and how they're going to approach the fintechs and the partner banks and the bass as they continue to grow because bass is really starting to overtake because they're able to kind of almost kind of come in and be a little bit more of a middleman between the you know, the fintech and the partner banks. So there's so much, so much change that's ever changing. I think it's just one of those we have to continue to stay close to and really watch. Yeah, for sure. And um, I really, you know, we've been saying this for a while now, but that, you know, kind of industry is really gonna, I think, boom in the next year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just already has. It can help a small business to grow like that. So yes, a bass has every opportunity to really, really help catapult a business to be able to do a lot more than what it would be able to do if it was just focusing within its own, you know, its own current circle. So yes, there's a lot more access for the small business by utilizing the bass services. So yeah, I think bass is definitely taking off and it's going to do a lot in the coming years. Yeah, for sure. And for, you know, bass providers and fintechs and the partner banks, having kind of that compliance program in place mm-hmm. uh, will be super beneficial to them as they're, you know, growing and, and trying to acquire more, you know, partners or customers or, you know, uh, so be it. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how that shakes out. Absolutely. I think I would definitely say one of the things I've been listening to is folks um, kind of in that in that fintech space saying, oh, yeah, the bass really makes it a lot easier because we can kind of pull back a little bit from the compliance side because they take care of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, every time we say we're going to pull back from <laughs> compliance, there's always something that brings us back to it. So um, I would definitely say it's one that we need to watch and figure out how from a regulator standpoint that um, they're going to work with you know, enforcing any type of compliance. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Comply Podcast. It should probably go without saying that if you haven't had a chance to read our CFPB complaint or signal report, we recommend that you do so. It's full of all the stats discussed during today's episode and it's available in the show notes. We also have several resources that pertain to the regulations and the industries talked about during today's episode. For those, also be sure to check out today's show notes. And as always, for the latest content on all things marketing compliance, you can head to content.performline.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.